This podcast is intended for healthcare professionals. The information presented is for general educational purposes only and should not be used as professional medical advice or for the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions. The views and opinions expressed do not represent the views and opinions of our employer or any affiliated institution. Expressed opinions are based on scientific facts under certain conditions and subject to certain assumptions and should not be used or relied upon for any other purpose, including but not limited to the diagnosis or treatment of medical conditions or in any legal proceeding. Full terms and conditions can be found at portablebeads.com. And now onto the episode. Welcome back to Portable Peds, the pediatric podcast. Today we're going to be continuing our month on cardiology, and I'm joined by my friend Sam. Hey guys! So let's go ahead and get started. A mother with scant prenatal care gives birth. Almost immediately following delivery, the infant is cyanotic. An ABG is obtained, and the PaO2 is 35 millimeters of mercury. The infant is exposed to 100% FiO2 for 10 minutes, and a repeat ABG is obtained. The PaO2 remains at 35 millimeters of mercury. A chest x-ray is then obtained, and it demonstrates an egg-on-a-string appearance. An echocardiogram confirms the diagnosis, and the patient is taken emergently for an atrial balloon septostomy until definitive surgical correction can be prepared. What is the most likely underlying lesion or lesions? A. A VSD, an overriding aorta, right ventricular outflow tract obstruction, and right ventricular hypertrophy. B. Parallel pulmonary and systemic circulation. C. A common truncal outflow tract and truncal valve. D, abnormal return of the pulmonary veins, or E, absence of the tricuspid valve. Take a minute and think about your answer. All right, guys, so the correct answer is B, but before we get to the answer choices, let's walk through some of the basics of congenital heart disease. First off, as a quick introduction, let's think about the two major divisions, which are cyanotic and acyanotic disease. In cyanotic disease, the PaO2 will be less than 100 millimeters of mercury, and in acyanotic disease, the PaO2 will be greater than 100 millimeters of mercury. One way to increase your suspicion for cyanotic congenital heart disease is through a hyperoxia test, which was described in the question stem. In cyanotic congenital heart disease, the PaO2 will not rise above 100 millimeters of mercury. In this question, you are told that the PaO2 before and after the hyperoxia test was less than 100 millimeters of mercury, which should clue you into cyanotic heart disease. A simplified way to think about cyanotic heart disease is to consider the five T's, tetralogy of Fallot, transposition of the great vessels, truncus arteriosus, total anomalous pulmonary venous return, and tricuspid valve abnormalities, and hypoplastic right heart syndrome. While this mnemonic can be helpful for the test, it is important to remember that in real life, cyanotic heart disease is more complicated than just these five T's. One other important hint is that these patients often present with scant or no prenatal care as prenatal ultrasounds do a good job of diagnosing congenital heart disease while in utero. So that leads us to B, which is our correct answer. Parallel pulmonary and systemic circulation is seen in the transposition of the great vessels, which occurs when the aorta arises from the right ventricle and the pulmonary artery arises from the left ventricle, which leads to pulmonary and systemic circulation in parallel and a deficiency of oxygen supply to the tissues. An ASD, VSD, or PFO is necessary to allow for mixing until the lesion can be repaired. 
These patients usually present in the first week of life and often within even the first 12 hours. A chest x-ray will demonstrate an egg on a string appearance with cardiomegaly. While patients may be temporized with a balloon atrial septostomy, surgical correction is necessary to restore systemic and pulmonary circulation in series. While transposition of the great vessels was the right answer, let's run through some of the other choices, and Liz is going to run us through each of these. So answer choice A mentioned four separate lesions in one. This condition is known as Tetralogy of Fallot and includes a VSD, an overriding aorta, right ventricular outflow tract obstruction, and right ventricular hypertrophy. The degree of the right ventricular outflow tract obstruction determines whether cyanosis is present. Tetralogy of Fallot presents with a harsh systolic ejection murmur over the pulmonic area due to pulmonary stenosis, and a boot-shaped heart is seen on chest x-ray. If not diagnosed prenatally, these patients often present with a hypercyanotic episode, also known as a TET spell, which is associated with agitation and crying, leading to increase in pulmonary vascular resistance and heart rate. This leads to shorter diastole with decreased ventricular filling and increased obstruction of the right ventricular outflow tract, which then leads to decreased pulmonary blood flow. The way to manage TET spells is to increase systemic vascular resistance and to slow the heart rate. This is typically accomplished through escalating through calming the child, bringing their knees to their chest, giving oxygen and IV fluids, and considering medications such as metoprolol to slow the heart rate and phenylephrine to increase the systemic venous resistance in order to force blood flow back to the lungs. Ultimately, tetralogy of flow will require surgical repair. Answer choice C referred to truncus arteriosus, which is due to a lack of formation of the aortico-pulmonary septum, leading to a common truncal outflow tract and a truncal valve. Severity depends on pulmonary blood flow and truncal valve insufficiency. These patients typically present within 48 hours with signs of pulmonary overcirculation. This lesion requires surgical repair within two weeks from birth. And an important association to keep in mind is that truncus arteriosus is often associated with DeGeorge syndrome. Answer D was total anomalous pulmonary venous drainage, which refers to an abnormal return of the pulmonary veins to the right atrium or the systemic veins. If obstruction is present, then the neonate will exhibit pulmonary hypertension and pulmonary edema within 24 hours. Their chest X-ray will demonstrate a whiteout or a snowman in a snowstorm appearance due to backup of blood flow into the lungs, and their exam may demonstrate a right ventricular heave. If obstruction is present, this is a surgical emergency. If there is no obstruction, then the patient will typically present within the first few weeks of life with failure to thrive and recurrent respiratory infections, which leads to cardiorespiratory failure by six months of age. The repair for this lesion is also surgical. Finally, answer choice E was tricuspid atresia, which is due to an absent tricuspid valve, leading to a hypoplastic right ventricle and pulmonary artery. These patients also require an ASD, BSD, or PDA to survive. They present with a single S2 and a chest x-ray that is normal or has a slightly enlarged heart. Well, that wraps up this week's episode on cyanotic heart disease. Tune in next week where we will go through acyanotic heart disease. Also, while you're at it, if you guys have any comments or suggestions as we start to get more and more into these episodes, please send us an email. Let us know anything you guys want to cover, any questions you have, or really anything that we can do to make this the most useful podcast for you. So tune in next week, and we look forward to reviewing with you. Have a great week, guys. Bye. Bye.